On today's special edition of Transit Unplugged, we wanted to honor the memory of Jeff Parker, CEO of MARTA in Atlanta, after his recent tragic death. He was a strong leader for his city and our industry and will be sorely missed. We visited with Jeff and his executive team at MARTA a couple years ago and interviewed him for the podcast. During our discussion, he showed his vision for the agency and his grasp of the details. In his honor and memory, we are re-releasing this edition of his interview on the podcast. Please stay tuned to the very end for some important information regarding suicide prevention. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort, and today I'm excited to be in Atlanta meeting with Jeff Parker, the general manager and CEO of MARTA, the transit system for the Atlanta area. Jeff, thanks for being our guest today and having me into your office. Thanks, Paul. Good to see you uh, and glad to be here. Great. MARTA's made a lot of news over the years as an amazing transit system, and you guys are still in the headlines. Tell us some about the system itself, kind of the nuts and bolts, employees, budget, how you're governed, kind of yeah. that stuff. So uh, we are celebrating our 40th year as a combined rail and bus system this year. That's some uh, exciting uh, news here in Atlanta. So we've been a, uh, a transit agency for quite some time. And uh, about 40 years ago, when we opened the, the rail system for the first time, over the next 20 years, we ex expanded the system. And we have two basically lines that run north, south, and east, west. The line that runs north-south uh, also uh, goes to both Doraville and North Springs on the north side and the airport on the south side. The east-west line serves uh, mostly Atlanta and the city of Decatur. So we've got a real significant rail system here in Atlanta. We've got a, a good-sized bus system, about seven, 800 buses, uh, a little over 100 bus routes. We have about a billion-dollar budget, about half that goes to our operating budget, half that goes to our capital program to uh, maintain the infrastructure and make some amenities. But we also have an exciting expansion program that uh, is above and beyond that. How do you handle paratransit? We have a uh, paratransit service that is outsourced through a contractor, and we're actually working on bringing on a second contractor to uh, provide some more service. We've had a significant growth of our paratransit service that like, we see uh, all over the country. Yeah, so it's like everyone, right? One of the services that's growing. Yeah. Who's your contractor, yeah. if you don't mind? Uh, MV is our contractor, oh, yeah. and we're bringing in a, uh, a smaller company, GTS, to uh, augment their service and uh, have a second. Uh, we're sort of changing how we deliver the service, still outsourced, but spreading it through a variety of contractors. Okay. And what's your governance structure here uh, for MARTA? So MARTA is, uh, was established um, by, the, by the state um, to serve a district, and the district includes the city of Atlanta, Fulton, DeKalb, and Clayton counties, Clayton County. Clayton was the last to join when they passed a referendum, and we have a board of directors that I, I work for. Each of our jurisdictions appoint board members, mm -hmm. and uh, and they hire a general manager, and then uh, myself is the general manager and CEO run the organization. And how are you funded? Through a sales tax. We have a, a one-cent sales tax that is collected within the jurisdictions, and that revenue, along with our fare box and, uh, and other smaller funding sources uh, supply both the operating and capital costs. Unionized? 
We are. We have uh, a single union, the ATU, Local 732, is, uh, is our unionized workforce. And here in Metro Atlanta, the same local uh, is uh, the uh, organizing labor union for most of the transit providers throughout the region. So, for example, MV's employees are mostly unionized, okay. yeah. and some of the suburban transit agencies are unionized through that same local. Now, you've been here, uh, your predecessor, Keith, left about a year and a half ago or so, and then uh, you came little, in. Yeah, a little bit. I guess he left about two years ago. There was okay. uh, uh, Liz O'Neill, who's the longstanding uh, uh, general counsel here at MARTA, was the interim, and I joined about a year and a half ago. So tell us about how your, your kind of career journey, people are always yeah. interested to see, everybody chooses a different path to sure. get there, but tell us about your journey here. Yeah, well, uh, it started quite a long time ago in the mid-80s. I was a uh, student at Northeastern University in Boston. And uh, for those who know Northeastern University, uh, they have a huge cooperative education program. And uh, after my freshman year as a computer science major, I had to go find a job. Went on a bunch of interviews, had several job offers, and the MBTA was one of those as a co-op student. And I applied firm 18-year-old logic and decided that since the MBTA was going to give me a transit pass, there was a very clear decision to make. And I and that was my uh, That's what got you in the transit, huh? Transit. That's great. Um, so, you know, I was really fortunate, worked for... Several, just Michael Burns, mm. I know you know well, was my the fellow who hired me as a as a uh, as a co-op student. Oh, is that right? Back in the mid '80s, right. and Jack Leary was director of operations, sure. and, and uh, just a great group of the people. Storied history yeah. of MBTA, yeah. and that and that's what got me uh, interested in more than just the transit pass and uh, work. What there. were you doing there? I was, um, you know, I did just about a whole lot of stuff on. I was a budget analyst. I moved up into finance department, ran some of the maintenance facilities, ran the control center. And my last job before moving to Atlanta, I was the uh, director of subway operations, oversaw the heavy rail and light rail systems for the MBTA for a number of years. Wow. Moved down here to Nat Ford, convinced me to, uh, to take a job that's here. That's a good buddy too, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I took a job here in Atlanta, moved my family down here. Did that for a number of years and then decided to uh, go work for Connecticut DOT as the deputy commissioner and then became became commissioner of Connecticut DOT at the time. The uh, uh, former Governor Rell was really interested in making some significant investments in public transportation. And we had a, we actually, at the time I joined the Connecticut DOT, we had a larger transit program than we had a, had a highway program. So we were laying the groundwork for bus rapid transit in New Haven and, and were able to get the full funding grant agreement to fund that. We were investing heavily in the, in the uh, Metro North's operated New Haven line that the parts of which Connecticut DOT owns. We were building bus maintenance facilities. We were building a new uh, rail facility in uh, in New Haven to support the rail cars that we were buying with Metro North. So we were doing billions and billions of dollars worth wow. of capital. And how long capital. were you in that position? I was there for three years. Okay, yeah. Um, governor Rell decided not to run for governor again, and okay. my, uh, my wife and kids were still living here in Atlanta, and I was traveling back and forth, so I uh, joined HNTB, ran their practice down here, did a lot of work around program management here in Metro Atlanta for... Georgia DOT, as well as a lot of work for MARTA and other uh, entities down here, and and then decided that it seemed to make sense to get back into public service and 
when Keith left, I uh, was able to join Marta, and here I am. So it's That's been great. a great opportunity. Now, this is a good timing in, in an interview like this because yeah. you had, you'd worked here before, yeah. and you had kind of a vision of what you wanted to do, yeah. I'm sure, that yeah. you kind of talked to the board about. Now you've been here a year and a half. So can you contrast kind of what your ideas were when you got here, what the reality has been, and how you're getting to accomplish that vision? Let me just back up just for a second to set a little bit of the stage there. And, okay, and, great. And for those who don't know Atlanta, we are just growing incredibly fast. Third fastest growing region in the country. A couple of years ago, we had close to 100,000 people, net people moved to Metro Atlanta. Mm. From when I moved here 14, 15 years ago to today, there's just been this significant change in the perspective of how transit not only supports both lifeline riders to choice riders, but also is really supporting the economic vitality and development of this quickly growing city and region. And so we're at a point here in Atlanta where we are we are, you know, in a, in a way that we never have before, leveraging the asset of the MARTA's heavy rail system that a whole lot of really smart people decided to get the political will to build 40 plus years ago. If you were, um, you know, if we were just a few miles south of here in Midtown, all the development that's happening and uh, the Midtown uh, Alliance just released a report about ever-growing transit ridership in the past number of years as, as midtown Atlanta becomes more and more dense, really a tech-heavy uh, area supported by Georgia Tech and businesses down there. So it's an exciting time to see the, uh, the, the community really get behind public transportation and see how it's really supporting and helping to develop the economic vitality of this region. And that's a big piece that drew me here. When the city of Atlanta passed a referendum to expand transit here in, in the city of Atlanta. Clayton County joined uh, the MARTA district uh, a few years before the city of Atlanta. So we've got an opportunity to, we've already expanded under Keith's leadership, expanded bus service into uh, Clayton County that had gone without bus service for a number of years. And now we're making the plans to expand, improve bus service down there, but also build the first uh, commuter rail system in uh, in Metro Atlanta to support that. And the city of Atlanta has a uh, very, very robust and ambitious plan and the dollars to support it for MARTA to deliver an expansion of uh, transit with a mixture of bus rapid transit and light rail and a whole lot of other improvements to, to public transportation. It, it seems this is a very progressive region when it comes to transit and there's the political willpower to kind of push it through, finance it. Is that Am I reading that right? Yeah, you know, one thing that happened uh, by the General Assembly uh, two years ago created a regional transit planning entity and also gave all of the 13 counties that make up Metro Atlanta the ability to pass a uh, one cent, up to a one cent sales tax for 30 years to invest in public transportation. So here in the MARTA district, we've got a lot of exciting things going on with Fulton County and DeKalb County have planned, have completed plans for their transit vision through a transit planning effort that we worked 
closely with the NPO, uh, the, which is here in Atlanta called the ARC, the Atlanta Regional Commission, and those counties to develop their vision for transit in the future with the hopes of a future referendum to support that investment like the city of Atlanta has and Clayton County have already accomplished. And, you know, we did have a, a, a referendum for Gwinnett County to join the join the MARTA district. It did not pass. It was uh, an election that was sort of off cycle, lower voter turnout. Um, I fully expect that the leadership, the political leadership in uh, in Gwinnett County will call that referendum again. And I think, you know, when I move around that that county, there seems to be broad support for investment in public transportation. We've just got, you know, a lot of traffic. In Metro mm-hmm. Atlanta, we've got big investments going on by Georgia DOT to uh, build ex- uh, managed lanes, told told roads that you know you can access through uh, a variable price that many regions have around yes. the country. Northern Virginia is big for that. Exactly. Maryland's looking at doing Maryland's that. Maryland's looking know, for that. Texas yeah. has a lot of it. But we all recognize that that investment will help. But we've got to provide significant options both for people to move from the uh, suburbs into the city, but also the investment that the city's making around investing and improving transportation here in the here in the city. So let's circle back then to yeah. when you started the job, kind of like what the vision was, because I know yeah. when I started in Baltimore, I had this idea. And then you have yeah. to integrate that with the reality that you find. And so kind of then what's the, where are you at now? Yeah, kind of you know, we've, we've, we've done a, an awful lot in the year and a half that, that I've been here. And, you know, so, so several of the things that that I focused on and will continue to focus on is one, we've got to make sure that financially, the financial soundness of the organization is maintained. We've had a number of balanced budgets. I think we're on the eighth year of balanced budgets and we're well positioned to continue that without, we haven't had fair increases for um, seven, eight years as well, uh-huh. but been able to balance the budget. We've got a significant rainy day fund to uh, help us through any sort of economic downturn. We are a largely a sales tax-based. The revenue that, that we need to operate the system is sales tax-based, so any sort of downturn in the economy quickly affects sales tax, and so we've got to be prepared for that. And then the other piece of it is customer experience. I like to say that you know we while we have to think about the future 20, 30, 40 years down the road, we also have to think about the here and now and uh, making sure that we're improving not only the customer experience, but also just the reliability of this system. So we've uh, begun to lay out some pretty ambitious programs. The, the, the agency has, has a well-planned uh, uh, that I inherited to replace our rail car free fleet. We're continuing to replace our, our bus fleet and catch up on uh, the current of buses. Are you doing any alternative fuels there? Uh, we, were, we were just successful with a uh, Lono grant, and we will deploy six electric buses that will serve two routes. Happens to be, wasn't my choice, but at Eastlake Station over to North Ave, Eastlake happens to be the rail station I use every day. So mm-hmm. two of the bus routes there, and we're working to deploy that. So we're, we're going to use that as our leverage point to really put forth a, uh, a, a long-term plan at how we can become a greener organization. What kind of rail cars are you doing? You mentioned that. We're in the middle of a procurement. Oh, okay. We, right. We've, uh, you know, we How haven't many? awarded a contract. Our entire rail fleet will be replaced. So, really? So uh, the base order is 256 cars. Wow, um, that's awesome. Yeah, we're we're getting to the the point of, of negotiating the contract with yeah. a uh, 
with a with a vendor, and they're really the original excited. cars that are being replaced. Some of them we've yeah. we've bought cars in three three waves, but our oldest cars, which are forty years old, yes. are still here. So yep. we're looking forward to I relate to that. Yeah, and a focus on uh, on our stations and our, our bus amenities. We've committed to uh, install a thousand shelters and benches throughout the uh, the region. Something that we've fallen behind on. And we've got the program in place and executing that now. Really something that we're trying to do is improve bus service, make it more reliable. We've uh, reorganized our operations department, brought on a head of bus operations as well as a, a head of rail operations that reports directly to me. I'm really trying to raise the voice of operations with the, in the organization. Oh, that's good. On the bus side, you know, we really have not done a substantial effort in changing the way we've delivered bus service in forever. Right. Um, largely the way post-World War II buses ran in Metro Atlanta that's is right. largely yeah. the same. And so— Most major cities in America, as you know, have ab- come to that same conclusion. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. So— so by uh, hired a, a gentleman, Colleague Greenwood, who's uh, recently retired after a 30-year career in Toronto at the TTC. Yeah. Colleague's moved down here, and he's going to lead the effort to really improve and, and redefine what buses are, and not just that local bus that makes stops at, at all over the place and leverage bus as a better asset that our, our our region can rely on, whether it's bus rapid transit, arterial rapid transit service, making improvements along these managed lanes that GDOT is, is building. So it's a really exciting time That's to great. improve bus service. Let's unpack that just a little yeah. bit. we got a few minutes here because sure. I think this is an area where, as I look across the country, the 50 major cities, mm-hmm. uh, everyone is looking at their bus service. Most of us have on-time performance, which is well below what we're interested in. Might be the 50s, 60s, or 70%. We're all trying yep. to get into above 80%. Yep. The three things people are doing to see increases. There's eight cities that saw an increase last year. You know, yep. Seattle and Houston led the way. They are um, adding frequency, right? Yep. They're rerouting the bus networks and yep. they're reducing friction is what I like to say. Yep. So they're bus only lanes, transit signal priority, yep. off, off bus payments. Talk to us about what your vision is and how you, and plus people are using technology, better technology, putting in people's hands so they can see when the bus is going to get there. Tell us your vision and what you're hoping to accomplish. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that we really need to do is to focus on um, some of the most important corridors that we serve here in in Metro Atlanta and and in the city and make sure that those buses can be, one, reliable, predictable, better information about bus arrival time, um, leverage the technology that the uh, cities and the counties are willing to uh, invest in around signal prioritization and lanes of traffic. We're really starting this effort with the city of Atlanta. We do have one of the early projects that we will deliver for the city of Atlanta in their expansion plan is a Tiger grant that we were successful at a number of, number of years ago. And this is the Summer Hill BRT that we call. And this is the, the area of the city that's just south of our capital and goes down... Um, into the Summer Hill neighborhood, but what people would, the reference point they would make, it is where the Braves used to play. Okay. Yeah. Georgia State has taken over that stadium, um, and there's a vast amount of parking that was uh, empty parking lots that are being developed into housing. Georgia State is taking a bigger presence down there, so it's a significant area of development of the city. 
And we're working closely with uh, staff at the city as well as um, the city council members who represent that area to really develop the first of its kind bus rapid transit That's great. here in Atlanta. So, yeah. you know, it's great that, that we're able to get a, uh, a, a Tiger grant and we're moving that project along quickly and that will establish and define what bus rapid transit here is in Metro Atlanta. So we're Are you looking at the that. routes? You, know, you mentioned that they we were laid out way back yeah. in World War II. We're looking at yeah. the routes, simplifying them. Um, we have an effort that we've begun with the city of Atlanta. The city of Atlanta is starting up a Department of Transportation. And as part of that, they're trying to define some metrics and goals around transportation in the city. And that includes transit. So we've developed or we're in the process of developing some goals that will eventually get to the uh, to the approval of the of the mayor and the city council. And in that will be some significant you know, vision of improvement of, of bus service and access the access of bus. Okay. But we're going to do that largely through looking at interse- you know, major intersections that are that are affecting our, our bus on-time performance, looking at uh, bus-only exclusive lanes. We've got a lot of buses that travel around five points, which is the apex of where the north-south and east-west lines meet, improving circulation around that area, so a lot going on on the bus side. On the rail side, uh, we're going to make big improvements to our stations. Our stations are, you know, range from 40 to, to 20 years old. We haven't overhauled any of our stations. We have a planned investment over about a seven to 10 year period to to rehabilitate all of our stations, working out the details of that. We've done a significant inventory of their conditions and prioritize those stations. But we're also focusing on beginning that at airport station, which is one of our busier stations and and working with the airport to uh, improve that station. Next will be Five Point Station, which is our, our you know busiest because of all, because of the uh, connection between the East West and the North South line. The city of it, working closely with the city of Atlanta to kind of redefine uh, that ever developing area. We've got three major developments going on in that area of the city, and we want to make sure that our station fits in well with the development that's happening down there. We have a goal of really uh, trying to bring on some significant improvements to that station in advance of the World Cup that I think is in 2026. Okay. Um, so there's a big effort around around that. So, so you've got a lot happening here. We've got huh? a lot happening. And then an expansion program that's going to bring yeah, let's uh, talk about that. light rail down. We have several light rail corridors that we're looking to invest in uh, from... Campbellton Road in southwest Atlanta, which is a uh, one of our busiest bus corridors. Um, we have a great opportunity to improve connectivity down the Campbellton Road corridor and connect into our heavy rail system uh, and improve ridership down there and accessibility. We see that as a great opportunity to improve access for workers, improve opportunities working with the city around affordable housing as that corridor develops. And then on the other side of the city, we have uh, the Clifton Corridor, which goes from basically here at Lindbergh over to where the CDC and Emory University oh, yeah. and Emory Hospital That's right. are. You've got the CDC here to Exactly. Yeah. And so the that area of the, of the city is the second densest employment population. It's not served by a major highway and has, other than local bus service, no real access. So light rail makes sense. Huge opportunity yeah. to, to make improvements there. 
Um, the Beltline, we're working closely with the Atlanta Beltline to uh, help develop transit along the Beltline. We've got a strong vision for light rail transit investment around the Beltline. This, this is a uh, largely an abandoned rail corridor that we've turned into a really uh, a huge public space for the city. The Atlanta Beltline organization is developing this corridor as a bike and pedestrian facility. They've saved a, uh, a linear corridor so that we can make an investment in transit. And all of this is funded through the half-cent sales tax that back in 2016, the city of Atlanta uh, wisely passed, and we're, uh, we're working hard. So we go back to what have you been doing in the past year and yeah. a half? Yeah. Um, the focus we've, we've had internally is because the system was built, started 40 years ago, the last improvement that we made was about 20 years ago when we extended the North Line up to the uh, North Spring Station. We really haven't had an organization to deliver large expansion projects. So mm. we've been uh, working hard to build an organization that can advance these projects. And we've made a lot of improvements to bring on people. I brought a new uh chief delivery officer who's got an Atlanta native who was uh, delivering the capital program for the airport for a number of years, was working overseas in some projects over there, Frank Rucker. He's, uh, he's really rolling up his sleeves and defining how we're going to deliver these huge transit projects that we have in front of us. That's great. We had something similar at MTA. It was our executive uh, services to build the Purple Line. Exactly. So you have to have an infrastructure exactly. team that's focused on these services. We had Chuck Latuka there who still yep. heads it up. Yep. So that's great. So your engineering department, I'm sure, is in a high gear as well. It looks Absolutely. Like. Yeah. yeah. So we've got, you know, we've got a lot of infrastructure to, to maintain and, uh, and continue to do that. Some of the exciting challenges that we have, but, you know, capital programs, are always a challenge. Obviously, the rail and, and bus investments and the, the improvements to the stations. But the you know we're we're laying out our plans to uh, replace our traction power substations. Okay. We're finishing up a major signal uh, program that uh, should be finished early 2020, and then we're moving to a significant continuing a long-term track renovation project. We're just uh, going to be renovating tracks in some of the most uh, difficult places, replacing some of the interlockings that are going to be oh, yeah. have significant impacts on how we deliver service during that construction. So we're That's working great. out those details You're focused now. on state of good repair. So many transit Absolutely. systems are only focused on the, the new line, yeah. and they leave their... Uh, State of good repair. So I'm glad that's that's wonderful. You're focused on that asset management. Absolutely. Finally, let's talk about the culture of the organization and any any changes you're pushing there, or do you have a great culture already when you got here. And yeah, you know, I think we've got a great culture. The focus of mine is to really become a more customer centric organization, making sure that all of these improvements that we're making, whether it's big expansion projects or a new fare collection system or better information to our customers, we've got to become a more customer-centric organization. And so part of uh, raising the, as I say, the raising the voice of operations within, within the organization is a key focus on making sure that we've got both the resources but the cultural attitude of supporting our customers, cleaner stations, better information to our customers. I think that we've had some significant successes. Super Bowl was, was here. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it was a huge success for MARTA. We had just huge ridership. The Saturday before the Super Bowl was one of our busiest weekend days in our history, Mm. probably only surpassed by some of the days during the Olympics. But we engaged the entire organization. We had hundreds and hundreds of administrative staff who stepped up, supported our operations folks, our police folks. We went through a significant preparation for this and and we did a great job. We've got the final four coming up next year. We've got, uh, you know, Atlanta is a a real busy sporting uh, place. The uh, soccer has taken hold here in Atlanta. Okay. We actually get bigger ridership going to the soccer games than we do getting the football games. They actually, you know, they use the same stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Oh, yeah. And we have tremendous ridership for mm. the uh, for the soccer a games. A lot more games in a year, and I imagine. A lot right? more <laughs> games a year. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're doing a, a great job with that, and it's got to be all around a customer-centric attitude. That's great. I mean, we're in an era now where we are no longer the monopoly providing mobility in a city. You've Absolutely. got to integrate all these. And I guess let's close on that because that's kind yeah. of like the future. Yeah. How are you integrating with the TNCs, with potential Hyperloop, any any of the new AV technology? What's your thoughts on all that? Yeah, you know, I think what transit, and, and clearly this applies to Atlanta, but I think this is something that, that we need to do around the country. And, you know, some folks are moving quickly around this and, and we're beginning to. We've got to define better partnerships with all these uh, different providers of, of microtransit and uh, and Uber and Lyft. We've done some partnerships with Uber and Lyft. I was fortunate to uh, be on the APTA mission that looked at Moss over, over yes. in uh, both Vienna, Hamburg, and Helsinki, Finland. And, you know, one of the big takeaways that I took away from that is that it's not only this sort of technology around mobility as a service, but we also need to look at the placemaking around our stations. So how are we integrating all of these new transit modes around our rail stations like we do our bus system? If you, when you came out of Lindbergh Station and you look for a bus, it's pretty obvious where the buses are, but it's not obvious where the scooter is or where the bike share is. So how can we do things to uh, integrate those systems better? And it just doesn't have to be the systems that we as MARTA own. We've got to see this as a, as a ethos of transportation and transit and yes. make sure it all fits together for our customers well. Well, it sounds like you're the right guy to lead it. You have a yeah, very, have, a have very a good lot plan. Of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for being our guest today on the yeah. show, and we wish you the the best. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of Transit Unplugged. If you or someone you care about is having thoughts of suicide, there is help available. Please see the information and links to the Canada Suicide Prevention Service and the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the show notes and on transitunplugged.com to connect you with caring people who will listen without judgment, who just want to help you in your time of need. Call a friend, send a text, send a message, but whatever you do, just reach out. You're not alone. There are people out there ready to help you.